Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. God's always searching. He's looking for someone that is fully devoted, who has a heart for Him, a heart after Him. And He's not looking for the most impressive resume. In fact, it's the opposite that's true. Because here's the problem with the really impressive resume. So (laughs) the guy with the really impressive resume, nothing wrong with having an impressive resume. But then all of a sudden the impressive resume gets the credit. And the person with the impressive resume takes the glory. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Proverbs. You've likely seen a variety of talent show competitions where the judges are looking for someone unique, someone with a specific talent that'll be awe-inspiring to viewers. Today, Pastor J.D. says that more than a resume of experience, God's one request is a heart sold out to Him, devoted to doing His will and His way. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Proverbs chapter 26 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Verse 7, like the legs of the lame that hang limp is a proverb in the mouth of fools. This is pretty uh, graphic as well. I mean, picture this. Now you've got somebody that is paralyzed, basically. They have legs, but they're of no use. Well, so too is the wisdom of a proverb of no use in the mouth of a fool. The proverb in the mouth of a fool is like the legs on somebody who's paralyzed. What, what good is it? What use is it? This is of no use. This is of no good. Verse 8 and 9 go together. Like one who binds a stone in a sling is he who gives honor to a fool. There it is again. Verse 9, like a thorn that goes into the hand of a drunkard is a proverb in the mouth of fools. So again, look at the imagery here, the picture that this proverb is painting. You've got this stone and this this sling, you know, the slingshot. How destructive and damaging could it be if you sow that rock into that sling? How about if you have a rose bush in the hands of a drunkard? That can cause some damage. That's, um, that's not wise. And so too is this true when you give honor to a fool or you have a proverb in the mouth of a fool. It's like a thorn that goes into the hand of a drunkard. It's like a sling that has the stone sewn in. Verse 10. <laughs> yeah, I've been looking forward to this one. The great God who formed everything gives the fool his hire and the transgressor his wages. What? What does this mean? Well, you ready for my answer? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Here again, I, I've read the commentaries. They don't know either. 
I've heard great Bible teachers on this, and they don't really have an answer either. Oh, sure, speculation abounds. There's no shortage of speculation. I mean, is this saying that God gives the fool his job, his hire, his wage, and the same thing with the transgressor? Well, that doesn't seem right. And so they'll try to explain it, better said, explain it away. I'm not going to do that. And here's why. Sometimes we need to be okay with not having the answer to everything in God's Word. You know, Pastor Chuck Smith had a file in his study that was marked, Need More Information. And he would put in that file (laughs) verses like this in God's Word. I just, I don't know. I honestly don't know what the point of this proverb is. And I don't want to stand here and try to offer you 10 different possibilities, because I don't think that serves (laughs) any purpose. And that's okay. Are you okay with that? What are you going to say, no? No, I'm okay with it too. And by the way, um, while we're talking about this, you know, when somebody asks you, a question that you don't know the answer to, don't try to fake it. Well, you know, that's a very interesting question. I'm so very glad that you asked. And there are many different possibilities that uh, one can come to in conclusion to this great question that you have asked. What did you just say? The honesty, the transparency, the humility, the integrity of just saying, you know what, I don't know. I'll look into it. I've got a file for this. It's called Need More Information. I'll look into this. I'll see what I can come up with. But you know what? I just honestly, I do not know. Early on, when I first started teaching, I was new in the ministry, in the pastorate. And oh, I was so insecure. I mean, my goodness, you know, God chooses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And I mean, it's like, God, you got a great sense of humor calling me into the ministry as a pastor and a teacher. And man, I mean, I would just, when I would teach, I would just think, God, I mean, I, I, I don't know that I'm the best qualified you know, and you surely could have found somebody more qualified. And then I heard someone say, and it's really served me well over the years, God doesn't call the qualified, He qualifies the called. God's not looking for, you know, when He's doing these talent searches, if I can say it like that, like Second Chronicles 16, 9, I think it is, where it says, the eyes of the Lord, this is when the prophet speaks to King Asa and says, don't you know that the eyes of the Lord are searching to and fro throughout the earth, looking for hearts fully devoted to Him? In other words, God's always searching. He's looking for someone that is fully devoted, who has a heart for Him, a heart after Him, And he's not looking for the most impressive resume. In fact, it's the opposite that's true. Because here's the problem with the really impressive resume. So the guy with the really impressive resume, nothing wrong with having an impressive resume. But then all of a sudden the impressive resume gets the credit. And the person with the 
impressive resume takes the glory, and no flesh is going to glory in His presence. So one of the things that, uh, in fact I was just thinking about this this last week, I was talking with this other pastor on the mainland, and uh, we were just kind of musing back and forth, just kind of laughing at ourselves. It is laughable that God would choose, you know, guys like us to, you know, be pastors and teachers and and uh, we were talking about that there's no way, even if we wanted to, even if we tried, that we could ever take the credit for God's people being blessed under our teaching ministry. Because, I mean, I, how are we going to get away with that? Oh, wow, Pastor J.D., you're a very educated man. No, I'm not. I barely graduated high school. And again, I don't mean to disparage education. I barely, you know what I wanted our senior motto to be, you know, graduation, you know, there's gold at the end of the rainbow, you know, the future is our destiny, all these, you know, profound mottos, you know, for the graduating senior class. I'm not kidding when I say this, I'm not proud of this, but this is what I wanted our motto to be. I've come out of my coma to receive my diploma. I'm not kidding you. I wish I was. <laughs> That's how it's so. And, and God's going, I choose you. Because when, when they see what I'm going to do in and through you, they're going to say, well, if God can use somebody like that, <laughs> there's hope for me. I mean, God's not looking for the impressive resume, the qualified. He's looking for the weak to confound the strong, the fool to shame the wise. That way only He alone gets all the glory. He gets the glory. There's no way. I know I went off on that, but that's just a a long way. Could have said it in a much shorter way to say, I have not the foggiest idea what verse 10 is. And if you have a better idea, I'd love to talk with you afterwards. Let's go to verse 11, because it's kind of a fun one. As a dog returns (laughs) to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. I was a little kid. My dad had a German shepherd named it Bijou. It's the French name for Jewel. And this was a cool dog. I'll never forget. I couldn't have been more than maybe eight, seven or eight. And this dog, I mean, I don't want to get too gross here, especially for those of you who just ate before you came to the Bible study. But I mean, this dog just blew chunks, man. I mean, it was just, it was horrific. And then he ate it. And I remember how traumatized I was by this. I could not believe it. And I'm trying to, the German Shepherd's almost bigger than I was. And I'm trying to get the dog, what are you, what are you, what's he? And I'm I'm, I'm yelling, mom, dad, what? What? And then I, I get saved and I read verse 11 of Proverbs 26 and it dawned on me. Our dog Bijo has read the Bible because it's right here. (laughs) I mean, I think you get the point of this proverb. It's like, (laughs) listen dog, if it made you sick the first time you ate it, it's probably going to make you sick the second time too. 
In other words, don't, don't go back and do it again. That the fool, it's the fool that repeats it. Listen, it's no fool that learns from his folly. I call that a successful failure. A successful failure is when you fall, you falter, you fail, but you learn from it. That's a success. That's a success. But it's the one who repeats it, did not learn from it. They're like that dog, that stupid dog. I'm sorry. We have a dog. I love dogs, okay? And oh man, I remember one time, this is many years ago, we were at the old building, and I made a comment, and I just, man, afterwards I thought, I will never say anything negative about dogs ever again. Because man, did I get it. I mean, we had comments, you know, about, <laughs> I even forgot what it was. I, I, I don't think it was that bad. So I just want to make sure, online church, I love dogs. I, loved, I love your dogs. All right. So we have a dog. We just, it's a young uh, Chewini. It's a half uh, Chihuahua and half Wiener dog. Cute little dog. You know, it's what, seven months old, six months old, something like that. And uh, love this dog, but let's be honest, okay? I mean, let's be real. And I don't mean to offend anybody. I know dogs can sometimes be like children. Sometimes I wonder if they're, <laughs> they're loved more than children. And we won't go there. Maybe that's what I said. Don't email me. <laughs> but let's be honest, okay, about dogs. They're dumb. I mean, smart. Oh, my, my dog's so smart. And yes, they are. But, you know, they're not wise, right? I mean, dogs can be really, I'm really digging myself into a verse 12. <laughs> I probably should have said the same thing about verse 11 that I said about verse 10. I have no idea what this is about. Let's move on. I think you get the point. The folly of repeating <laughs> that which made you sick to begin with. Verse 12, I mean, this is interesting. So we've really been hard on fools, and we're going to be hard on fools yet <laughs> more tonight in this chapter. But you know what's even worse than a fool? Oh, verse 12 is going to tell us. Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. So this fool that's like the dog eating his vomit, repeating his folly, like the fool that we've been talking about throughout this entire book of Proverbs. You know what's worse than that fool? And that fool is bad, but there's someone worse. And it's the person that is wise in their own eyes. You can't tell them anything. I mean, they know it all. And they'll tell you they know it all. There's more hope for the fool than there is the one who is not teachable. You know the pastoral epistles, as we often refer to them, Titus and Timothy, where the Apostle Paul basically outlines the qualifications for elders and pastors, those in leadership and ministry, and sort of this grocery list of all of these qualifications. They must be a one-woman man. They must not be given over to this or that. I mean, it's really a list of qualifications, but there's one in there that is really misunderstood. Uh, some translations render it apt to teach. 
And some have taken that to mean able to teach. In other words, to be qualified as an elder, a leader, a pastor, a teacher in the ministry, you have to be able to teach. That's not what it says. It's not able to teach. It's teach-able, teachable. The qualification for those serving in positions of leadership is they must be teachable. I know I've shared this before. This was on the mainland with my uh, church on staff and with our board. We had an acronym, FAT. I don't mean to offend anybody. I'm on a roll tonight. I might as well. But (laughs) the acronym FAT for Faithful, Available, and Teachable. Fat. They had to be fat. That was the prerequisite for hiring anybody on staff or laying hands on anybody and putting them in positions of leadership. And they have to be. It is an absolute must. It is mandatory that they be teachable. So the one who is not teachable, they know it all. You can't tell them anything. They're wise in their own eyes. They think more highly of themselves than they ought. And they wonder to themselves, why is it that nobody asks me for my opinion? Because I have an opinion on the matter. Well, the reason why they won't ask you for your opinion is because you're a know-it-all, and nobody wants to be around a know-it-all. There's a humility that comes packaged with being teachable. It's the willingness to say, you know what, the three hardest words in the English language, I was wrong. I was wrong. It's the humility, the humbling of oneself, and the recognition, the acknowledging that, you know, um, I need to learn. I need to learn. I need to be taught. I need to be teachable. Uh, There's more hope for a fool than someone who's unwilling to be teachable. Verse 13. Let's talk about lazy people now, shall we? (laughs) Verse 13. This is, this is great. The lazy man says, there's a lion in the road. A fierce lion is in the streets. I'm not going out there. I can't go to work today. You see, there was a lion in the streets. Come on, dude. There's no lions in the streets of Jerusalem. You'll come up with any excuse. And that's what the proverb is saying. You'll come up with any excuse to not work. Um, verse uh, 14, it's, this is, it even gets better. Look at this picture. As a door turns on its hinges, so does the lazy man on his bed. I'm sorry if I'm laughing. I just, I love it that God has a, a sense of humor. Of course, I'm reminded of that every time I look in the mirror. But uh, this is humorous. Think about this. You know how a door goes back and forth on the hinges, okay? And so the, the picture is the lazy man goes back and forth, turns from side to side on his bed, but he doesn't go anywhere. So I, I leave the house when I come to the church, and I uh, swing the door on its hinges. When I get home from the Bible study tonight, Uh, I'm going to go, that door is still going to be there. It hasn't gone anywhere. (laughs) That's what the the lazy man, they don't go anywhere. They don't do anything. They're like that door on that hinge. They just go back and forth, side to side, and they don't do anything. They don't go anywhere. And by the way, this also, I believe, has application to stepping out in faith, being busy about the things of God, Dare I say that 
there is such a thing as being spiritually lazy. I mean, you can be physically lazy, but have you ever thought about being spiritually lazy? If you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, you've come to really love the Apostle Paul. And you're getting to know him too, a little bit about you know, how he was wired, and his personality, and his work ethic. Man, this guy was a hard worker. I mean, this was a guy who, like when he writes to these churches, he says, whatever you find with your hands to do, you do it with all your might, as unto the Lord, not as unto men. Christians ought to be the hardest, most dependable workers in that business, in that company, and even more so in the ministry. I never thought of this, and I heard somebody say this, and it just, it was just, it was one of those light bulb moments where you're going, yeah, that's right. When Jesus called the disciples, every single one of them was employed. They were working. They all had jobs. In other words, Jesus did not call somebody, and i got to be careful here too, uh, He didn't call somebody that was unemployed, that was getting an unemployment check. No, He called these hard workers. You know, being a fisherman in that day, that was hard work. That was really hard work. Anyway, you get the impression that God does not like laziness. He frowns on laziness. Well, verse 15, this is even worse. How about this one? Did you read this? Get this one. The lazy man buries his hand in the bowl. It wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. What? Are you serious? You're telling me that this dude is so lazy. He, you know, in the Middle East, they, they eat with their hands. So he takes his hand, as is the custom, and he puts it in the food, and he's too lazy to, oh, nah, it's not worth it. You're going to starve. Are you kidding? You're that lazy? Yeah. It wearies him to bring it. What? Oh, man, this is a lot of work. To feed yourself? Yeah. Oh, that's lazy. I mean, call me silly, but that's lazy. And then verse 16, the lazy man is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. So here you got, again, this this lazy man, man, this guy is really lazy. And he sees himself, he fancies himself as being smartest guy in the room, wiser than seven men who are actually wise. He fancies himself as being this wise man, but yet he is the fool. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but that doesn't mean you have to stop learning from God's Word. We encourage you to read the Bible yourself. You can start in Proverbs, where Pastor J.D. left off, or turn to another book. Each one holds information, encouragement, and instruction that will be beneficial to you. Are you part of a community of believers? If you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to encourage you to make that a top priority. 
A church family can be a source of support and comfort, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. This is also a place you can serve and encourage others too, and where you can be challenged to dive deeper into your relationship with Christ. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings as well as his Mideast Prophecy Updates. We also have some helpful resources, too. You'll find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of Salvation there, a great way to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. That's all available at our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time for more from Proverbs, right here on In Spirit and Truth. Oh,